This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Hey, they say that they went in, but to me. Drive the Lane Podcast, special double interview feature edition. We talk some football, we talk some basketball, and we have the perfect guests to do both of those with. We talk football with Austin Ward, our partner at Letterman Row, who is maybe the most knowledgeable Ohio State football analyst you will hear from. We also then talk to Andrew Dockich. He returns. He makes his triumphant return to the Drive the Lane podcast to talk about the potentially soon-to-be-ranked number one Ohio State Buckeye basketball team. We give you our thoughts on the playoff. We give you our thoughts on the basketball team. And, of course, who else would we be sponsored by and presented by other than High Street Tees. It is holiday season. You should be getting your gifts from High Street Tees, especially if you're passionate, nostalgic, and let's face it, nuts about everything and anything Ohio State. Go to their website, highstreettees.com slash DTL. These tees are comfortable tri-blend t-shirts that everyone loves. Legendary joints like Mean Mr. Mustard's, Papa Joe's, Bernie's Bagels, Buckeye Donuts. Check out their Twitter, at High Street Tees. All month, they're doing different Christmas specials for their different various shirts. But any day you want, use our promo code DTL15 for 15% off your entire purchase for a limited time only from High Street Tees. Check out their holiday gift buckets from Papa Joe's and Mean Mr. Mustard's. You know, if you used to order at Old Swill or some other cheap beer with a stack of cups, this is a nostalgic gift for you. You need it. You need to buy it. Use our promo code DTL15. Let's buckle up and drive the lane. All right. The second, I think, double dip of the Drive the Lane podcast is here for your ears to enjoy. This was kind of fun. We weren't expecting it to be super, super fun. You know, yeah, Dockage, like, we didn't expect anything out of that, but it was yeah. a blast. Dockage doesn't usually provide any form of entertainment, but this time he did, which is nice. He's he's helped us out a little bit with the pod. You know, he might be our biggest fan. He kind yeah. of fanboyed a little bit. He's Yeah, he, he gave us some high praise, which was great, um, which you'll hear coming up, but he also lied, um, and you'll and I can't tell you what the lie is, but he lied about how much he listens to us. That's true. Um, but and then, of course, Austin Ward, our family member, he loves the pod too. So we must Andrew must be doing a pretty good job. Yeah, there. I like I like Austin Ward. He's a very very nice guy. But that doesn't his his nice guyness doesn't even compare to his incredible analyst skills. Yeah, he had some great insights, and we're not just gassing it up because he was on our podcast. Like genuinely, like what he had to say, we agreed with and makes sense. Like unbiasedly. Um, when it made us <laughs> made us pretty excited for for the playoff. For, for the playoffs, you know, so. he talks about a story that he's working on. I'm not sure exactly when it's coming out, but he talks about it. I'm very excited to read that story that he discusses. A Joe Burrow story. You'll you'll hear about it before we get to our double dose of interviews, though. Louisville basketball lost tonight. We're recording this on on a Tuesday. Louisville basketball lost. And that means that there might be a new number one team in the well, country. Well, there will be a new number one team. Well, and I don't will, know. Kansas is will one loss. No, will that number one team be the Buckeyes? That's insane to think about, but um, it very well could be the Buckeyes. I, it's just insane. So um, the Bucks are number three with no losses. Kansas is number two with one loss. Um, there's only like 
I don't know, six unbeaten teams. Oh, look, we're, we're watching TV. It literally just popped up with how many unbeaten teams are left. Mm-hmm. And there are six, and the only notable ones are um, Ohio State, Auburn, Butler, and San Diego State. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty insane that three years in and Holtman's got a team that has is at least going to be number two, if not number one in the country. Yeah. And they play Minnesota, who stinks out loud. Well, you never want to overlook a team like Minnesota. P.J. Fleck, row the boat. But, <laughs> but yeah, they, they should take care of Minnesota. My parents will be at that game, not they sh- me. They should take care of Minnesota, no problem. And then they should be the number one ranked team in the country. They should be, but will they be? Who knows? So well, LSU has a better. No. <laughs> well, oh, geez, we're crossing over. But if we're going to, I mean. That's enough of that because it's December and who I mean the rankings they don't matter it's cool it's awesome it's really awesome like it's makes you s- super happy as a fan as a player it's really really awesome too but it doesn't matter what does matter is Ohio State might have gotten screwed by being number 2 in the college football playoff I think you know you talk a lot about LSU's defense I think the playoff committee the ratings all the experts they know that the highest generated watching and ratings of a, of, a, of a championship football game will be LSU and the winner of that Ohio State-Clemson game versus if it was Clemson-LSU having to play in the first round. So I think that it's it's not not necessarily rigged a little bit, but but the nation wants to see Rick, LSU. you're speaking my language The now. nation wants to see LSU in the national championship, but I am on record multiple times now saying I think Oklahoma is going to beat LSU. And for all you listening at home, that means put your mortgage on LSU to win. Exactly. Fade but, Zoldan. Fade but, Andrew. Um, but I've gone on record. I think I, I We go on record a lot. We, <laughs> I went on record the last podcast saying that I think the college football playoff is rigged because they want Ohio State to play LSU for obvious reasons. I even said that in this interview or in this episode when um, when we talked to, to Austin Ward about it. I just can't see a world where Ohio State doesn't play LSU. They want the numbers. They want the storylines. That game will be incredible anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so we'll have to just wait and see what happens. It's crazy that it's a couple weeks from now. It's not fair. People are pretty split on the Twitter sphere saying that there's half the people who are saying they wish they had the easier road against Oklahoma, and half the people are saying, well, I want to beat Clemson and I want to beat LSU. That They want to beat both teams and be the outright national championship cha- national champion, which is fair. But I also think if you beat Oklahoma, you're the outright national champion. Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, if you win all your games, you're near the national championship. It doesn't matter who you have to beat. And I think Ryan Day would prefer to play Oklahoma's defense yeah. in the first round. Yeah, it's not going to validate the championship any less. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I'll go let's, – let's give our quick predictions for that for now, and then we'll, we'll bring them up and see if anything changes in the next couple of weeks. But for now, gut – um, predictions for me is LSU beating Oklahoma by a billion. I'm going to go um, 52 to f- to 21 um, in that game, and then um, eh, let's go 52 to 28. Okay, okay, 52 28, um, and then gut reaction Ohio State Clemson. I already said it. On, I said it in the interview, um, which you guys will hear. Obviously, we keep referring back to the interview, but I'm going to go 38 34 Ohio State over Clemson in a, one of the greatest games that we've seen in a long time for college football. Okay, I'm going I'm going I'm sticking with my with my <laughs> bold prediction. I'm going Oklahoma pulls it out 34-31. Okay. okay. 34 to 31 over LSU and Ohio, and Ohio State wins What did you say? 
38-34. I think Ohio State wins 35-31. <laughs> what? That's so different from yours. <laughs> it's one less field goal. Yeah. 35. You're right. You got no confidence in Blake Hobble? 35-31. They don't need the extra field goal. They win 35-31. And then I think the national championship, Ohio State wins, I don't know, similar score to the, Let's just, to I'm the gonna go Wisconsin game, 34-21. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll say if Ohio State's playing LSU, it'll be um, 35-27 Ohio State. I don't even know how you can score 27 points in a football game. but Yeah, they'll do it. No, you can't. Two field goals after three touchdowns. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two so field goals, three touchdowns. I, I So, we're on. Those we, will probably change. We both think Ohio State. I can't believe you think that your score prediction was different than mine when it was literally one. Two less field goals. Yeah, but still four points in the 30s. <laughs> but but I think, I mean, LSU, <laughs> LSU is LSU's a, a juggernaut. I just think. So are we. I just think Oklahoma got embarrassed last year. They got embarrassed the year before when Georgia came back. I think they're due. You don't make the playoff every year they're and then due. not. They're due. I will say that Jalen Hurts might be the best player, like college football player in it. In the yeah. Finals. I mean, like, if you look at their entire body of work, obviously Chase Young is the best player. Like, And we're Ohio State podcast. Like, we love Justin Fields. Check it out. Joe Burrow's the best. But – what Jalen Hurts has done on two different teams is nothing short of incredible. So, um, it's crazy that there's three transfers starting in the playoff, and two of those schools that they trans Alabama not in, Georgia not in. Those guys made the right decisions. We talked about that. It's or I think we talked about that last episode. But this it's such an intriguing playoff. You know, there was no question about who should have been in. It wasn't who's in this year. It was who's won. Yeah. So. I mean, we talk much more about the playoff with, and we talk much more basketball with our with our guests, so we won't spend too much time on it. But I really think Oklahoma is just going to be an offense that LSU hasn't seen, and we've seen LSU give up lots of points to bad teams and the good teams with, with Alabama scoring a million on them. So maybe I think Jalen Hurts and, and Lincoln Riley get lucky. We shall see. We shall see. But if you want to hear way, way more and way in-depth than – Stay on the line for for a couple minutes, and we'll hit you with this Austin Ward interview that is off off the chain. Yeah, we'll get to the interview right now. But before that, where are you going to watch these games, Joey? Well, well you're not going to be unfortunately in Columbus. I'll be in, unfortunately, I won't be in Columbus. But if I was in Columbus, you know where I'd be watching it? Not, not My favorite number. Be threes. threes. Threes above high. The official game day bar of Drive the Lane. If you are in Columbus for the playoff, you need to go to Threes Above High to watch the game. Joey and I have threes above high shirts from High Street You know Tees. what happens when we wear those shirts, Andrew? The Buckeyes are undefeated when we wear those shirts, Joey. Joseph. Andrew. And you know what else? What else? You can also watch Browns games at threes above high. And you know what else? You can watch Bears games. <laughs> and you know what else? You can watch Ohio, Ohio State, State basketball, basketball games The best team in the country. High. The official game day bar of the Drive the Lane podcast. Coming up next, double interview whammy, Austin Ward, and then Andrew Dockage. Buckle up, drive the lane, threes above high, high street tees. We now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast, the man, the myth, the legend who covers Ohio State football for Letterman Row. Our family member. Our family member, our partner, Austin Ward. Austin, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me for this uh, crossover episode. It's I've been a big 
uh, fan of what you guys have been doing with Drive the Lane. We're thrilled to, to have that on Letterman Row, and I'm really excited to uh, join your program for the first time since I've already had Joey in to come do Buckeye Q with me. This feels about right. Well, we appreciate it. It's always nice when we can meet some of our fans and talk to some of our fans. So, <laughs> so this is great. Let's get right to it. College football playoff. Start off with the first game. Who's winning, LSU or Oklahoma? Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be an LSU for me. This, I, I thought that this, you know, why it was so important for the selection committee to get it right with number one because there are three elite teams in college football this year. And I don't mean that as an offense to Oklahoma, but they are just not on the same level as these other three teams. And, um, you know, I thought I was watching that Big Ten, Big 12 championship game and Alex Grinch, uh, the former Ohio State defensive coordinator, still just has not fixed what's wrong with the Sooners. And they're giving up these big plays. And I was just thinking, man, what would happen if Ryan Day and Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins were playing against this Oklahoma defense? I don't see how. Uh, they would ever be able to, to keep the, the Buckeyes out of the end zone. The same thing is going to be true with Joe Burrow. Um, it, LSU, their offense has just been really special all year. Joe Burrow's had that incredible, you know, Heisman caliber season that we all know. And, and I don't think many of us saw him really becoming this special uh, when he was on campus, but he has been. And I think LSU's going to roll through that game and, and then get to New Orleans and that sets up that intriguing one that I'm sure we're going to talk about way more here out in the desert. Yeah, we we agree with you that it seems like LSU is a juggernaut when it comes to, to facing Oklahoma. And, you know, I think maybe it'll be a closer game than some people are saying just because LSU kind of – they don't stink on defense, but they, yeah. you know, they can't necessarily stop – anyone it seems like so <laughs> so it'll be interesting the first to, first to 100 wins let the record Please. show that i actually have predicted a ohio state oklahoma national championship let oh, the record you? show okay. yes but let the record also show that i think it's fixed and and ohio state's gonna be playing lsu regardless <laughs> of how good any of the teams are <laughs> well what's what's interesting about you know, this matchup and you guys talking about LSU's defense, they've some of these teams that have scored and put up huge amounts of points and yards on LSU are terrible teams. And I'm thinking about the Ole Miss game. And I, I think that was right around the time that I wrote a column about how if Justin Fields got to play full games, like Joe Burrow got to that, the Heisman race would be over because Fields would have 65 touchdowns. I mean, he played he, so sparingly in the second half of games up until the last three weeks. Um, that's not a knock on Burrow, but it is a knock on LSU's defense. So, you know, Jalen Hurts and, and Lincoln Riley, that's not a um, a combination that you really want to mess with either. Those guys can score, and, and that could be a really interesting game. I hope it just doesn't force the kickoff back for the nightcap because they score 700 points and they <laughs> don't want to move the game to ESPN2 or whatever. So that's – I mean, that's going to be – there is a possibility that can be pretty fun. I just think that Oklahoma's defense is too much of a liability. Moving to the – that's very insightful. Uh, moving <laughs> moving to the the other game, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the number one seed was hoping to avoid Clemson. What do you think the Buckeyes need to do to get the job done? You know, the game has moved <laughs> from in favor of Ohio State to back to Clemson to even to – sure, it'll change ten times between now and the game. What do you think the Buckeyes <laughs> need to do? Yeah, I think – I mean, this is the. I think the winner of this game is going to win the national championship. These are 
this is the matchup I think that Ohio State has wanted for a long time. The last time that uh, I was out there uh, and covering the college football playoff with the Buckeyes, we all know what happened, and that was against this Clemson team. And uh, it also ushered in the Ryan Day era in, in, in a sense because that shutout game forced Urban Meyer to, to make some changes to the offense. So uh, you look at this one, I mean, Ohio State – obviously has to score at a much higher level than the last time they played Clemson. That's obvious. And I think that they will. Uh, I think if you put out, uh, you know, the, this game will really come out down to the improvement of that offense since 16, which I think is already clear and proven, but also how significantly improved the silver bullets are from last year now to, uh, you know, the, the changes that Ryan Day made, bringing in Greg Madison, Jeff Halfley, that secondary that's been banged up the last couple of weeks, Jeff Akuda, Sean Wade, and Damon Arnett have all missed time. And it shows when they've struggled, when Michigan scored some points there with some, some you know, fancy plays in the passing attack, when Wisconsin made some stuff happen last week in the first half. It's been, in my estimation, because of those injuries in the secondary. Now they've got three weeks to get healthy and they're getting ready to play Trevor Lawrence and, and another one of the most talented wide receiving cores in the country. So if that's that's the matchup that I would circle that's going to make the difference because Clemson doesn't have the same defensive personnel that they did in 16. J.K. Dobbins is going to run. Justin Fields is going to throw for touchdowns to K.J. Hill and Ben Victor and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. The offensive line is going to continue to get the job done the way they have. Uh, Ohio State is going to have to win the game with – with improved defense, and that's going to start in the secondary for me because you know what you know what that pass rush is going to do uh, to help them out. But Jeff Okuda needs to make some plays. Damon Arnett needs to get one healthy hand on the football, and then Sean Wade has to continue to show why people think he could be a first-round pick. Yeah, I just – obviously this game is way more intriguing to any fan um, yeah. who, who knows college football. But I almost – like obviously I don't wish – I wasn't an Ohio State fan, but I almost wish I was just a regular fan to watch this game because I think it is going to be so incredible, like one for the one for the ages. I mean, it's hard for me to give, you know, an opinion of what I think is going to happen, but but it's not hard for you because that's your job. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I, I think, you know, I was way wrong in 16 because I thought that that Ohio State team was – you know, they, they were a little bit ahead of schedule. They had so many young guys that they that were playing uh, maybe before they should because of the, the defections from the 2015 team. And I thought that Ohio State would win that game and force turnovers from Deshaun Watson because you look back in that year, he, you know, he threw one or two picks in every big game. And I thought, well, Ohio State can do that. And, man, that's out of any prediction that I've made covering Ohio State. Uh, and, and sometimes people give me a hard time for this, you know, I've covered Ohio State for eight years. My record predicting their games is 99 and nine. What a coincidence that that's uh, the record they've had since then. Ohio State <laughs> goes into every game. I picked them in every game because they're the most talented team. They've always had the best coach. They usually have the best quarterback. Those are the factors that I that I focus on when I'm going through all this. You'll look across the board the way they recruit. Well, you know, Clemson is one of the only teams in the country where you look across the board at the matchups and it's even. They're recruiting at the same level. Uh, I don't particularly care for Davo Sweeney's personality, but he has proven to be a national championship caliber coach, and he's got 
uh, a great staff and have been fortunate to keep a lot of them together for a number of years. That's a tremendous program. And the reason, you know, you guys are you know, talking about just watching this game and, and, and hoping that you could be neutral. I mean, this, these are two powerhouse programs. This is why the playoff is a great thing. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination when you're excluding some conferences and they're always trying to force two SEC teams in. But what do I think is going to happen? I'm going to pick Ohio State to win again. That's that's my fallback here. I think that the motivation is going to be off the charts because they are so, you know, they're the fifth-year seniors that were part of that game will be able to tell them, you know, the, the culture shift that happened after that and what Ryan Day's, you know, he wasn't part of that game, but he's going to be mentioning that that 31 to nothing you know, Joey, you've been in locker rooms and know when you're trying to you have a rematch against teams, how much you guys would talk about that. You know, in the media and in public, you always downplay it. But I, I'm guessing that uh, in the locker room, that conversation comes up much more frequently Absolutely. as a motivation. And and that's, you know, that's part of the game. I think that that will actually help Ohio State in this one. And, and also, I think, you know, Clemson keeps talking about how you know, Dabo keeps talking about how they shouldn't drop because they're defending national champions champions that didn't lose a game and they feel slighted. Well, Ohio State wants a rematch and they don't think that they should have dropped from number one after beating another top 10 opponent three straight in the last three weeks of the season, beating them by double digits. They've got everything going for them that I think you possibly could. I think they're going to win the game, and uh, the, the, the hard part will be trying to figure out by December 28th exactly what score prediction I want to write down because I can't figure that part out yet. I'm going to go 38-34 if you want to use that. Ooh, ooh okay. Well, that's uh, we're all we're all family here, so if I need to give you credit for that, for that, I will. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, you know, sports is all about the the stories, the interesting stories and I think it's it's really incredible to see an underdog team like Clemson who everyone gave no chance they you know they were preseason number one coming off a national championship it's just very it's incredible that they're back in the playoffs so I just I, th- I think it's great yeah give credit where credit's due. yeah it's like yeah, the they, Cinderella they, story to get back into the playoff gone for Clemson. through such an arduous journey beating all of those top 25 teams that were not on their schedule and uh, I mean I just Dabo shtick whatever you know it plays well for his audience and that fan base loves him but I mean if North Carolina beats them they they're not going to be in the playoff they don't have any signature win um, I'm not knock I know how good they are I'm not suggesting they shouldn't be in the playoff or anything of that caliber uh, and conference championships deserve to be rewarded but man, the ACC is just awful, and that's almost like they've had a bye all the way through, uh, you know, to get to the college football playoff. And this is the other thing that comes up all the time that, that Joey would hear in the media. It's like, well, if you guys haven't played any close games yet, you haven't been tested. Like, how will you respond when you get into it? As if practice isn't hard or you're not coached well. Um, but if there is any value to that, Ohio State's been through the ringer this year in the last three weeks are as tough a stretch as you're ever going to find in college football, uh, especially with what they're facing in the playoff now. And Clemson just hasn't done that. And I've seen Ohio State teams like that in 15 where they sleep. They were the most talented team in the country and slept, walked through the whole season. And then, boom, once they got punched in the mouth, they they didn't respond as quickly as they needed to. I I think that'll be an interesting subplot to watch with Clemson because this team – yeah, they've been through battles, but those that was a year ago uh, mm-hmm. when they were with national champions. They've not faced anything like that uh, against really quality opposition since they almost lost to North Carolina. 
You know, Joey and I kind of, for the first time in our lives, are quote-unquote analysts, and you know you're not supposed to mix being a fan with analysts, but luckily we are not football (laughs) analysts like yourself. But I've been able to pull myself away from being a fan a little bit this year, and when I watch Justin Fields, he looks great, and then all of a sudden you get JT Barrett flashbacks where if the guy's not wide open, it's almost like he's not getting the throws there. And I think it's been more in Big Ten play. Do you think... But then all of a sudden he shows you a little bit of Dwayne Haskins. Do you think that can be attributed to the injury, to just defenses maybe figuring out him being young? You know, there's just sometimes when I see plays and throws from him that it just is flashbacks to JT Barrett. I think one way I compared Justin Fields before the season even started was that he was a mix of every Ohio State quarterback that I've covered. And what I mean by that is he can he's big and, and strong, well built like JT Barrett, and obviously we know what he can do uh, running, but he can, he'll go between the tackles and he's tough. He's proven that. There's no question about it. He's also when he's fully healthy, he's got 4.3840 speed and isn't afraid to drop a spin move. And he looks sometimes like Braxton Miller out there. Um, he is a great passer, uh, but he's not nearly at Dwayne Haskins level with his arm. So he's got a little bit of everybody, you know, he can throw it downfield like Cardale just to complete the circle there. When I, he hasn't made many bad decisions with the football. His only real problem with turnovers has been with fumbles. He had one inexplicable pick against Michigan state. And that's the only one all year. I think the biggest part that maybe you're harping in there on, which is fair at this point is the number of sacks that he's taken. Um, wasn't something that JT Barrett did a, a tremendous amount of, but I think it's because he's unwilling to put his team in harm's way with a turnover. And he has enough faith in two things that he can extend plays and that he'll be able to get away from pressure and make something magical happen, which he did last week, which I think one of the most overlooked plays that was so important was that throw to Olave to start the third quarter on third down. So he's willing to take some chances that way to take a sack if he can go for you know, try and get something down the field. And the other part is that if he, if it's second and 15 or third and 13, you know, he still thinks that he can get that first down because he's so good. And most times he's been proven right. So he doesn't, I don't think he looks at taking these sacks as, as a huge problem. Uh, and, and that'll come to with time. He, he has only started 13 games and, and by next year, I think you'll see a completely different approach and much more, you know, maturity in, in handling the football and route progression and reads and all, all the things that come with time. But, you know, I, I, I didn't think that it would be possible for him to as seamlessly replace Dwayne Haskins as he did. I thought the first six games, seven games, J.K. Dobbins would have to carry the load and the running game and let him grow, grow and learn on the fly. And Justin Fields basically arrived as a Heisman Trophy finalist right off the bat and is still getting better every week. So um, for me, the only flashbacks I would have for JT Barrett would be the positive variety where now he's, he's going to go out there and Fields is going to have a chance in two years to maybe get up there and match JT's touchdown accounted for record, mm-hmm. which is just insane to think about it in one last year. It, yeah. And oh, well, a million less years. Well, it's a little confusing <laughs> with the half Cardale, half JT year, but, but yeah, it is yeah. crazy that he's been so unbelievably good, and we get him back for another year without question. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't really happen. And last year with Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, and this year again with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, 
but that's <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, it's safe to say that he'll be a, uh, a Heisman finalist or a Heisman favorite even next year. Yeah. Um, yep. We have to tread lightly when we're talking about the Heisman right now because this will be releasing <laughs> after um, the Heisman's already been announced. So first, let's congratulate Joe Burrow on winning. Um, so congrats, <laughs> Joe Burrow. Buckeye, I, I knew him when I was a freshman, but it's not a big deal. But uh, if we're looking at it. He's got a degree, so it counts. <laughs> that's exactly. It's pretty cool that there are three Buckeyes out of the four in the Heisman race, right? Yep. Austin, uh, did, I don't know if you <laughs> saw this or know this, but did you know that Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, and Joe Burrow were all in the same quarterback room at one time? I don't know if you know that. <laughs> it was pretty crazy to cover that amount of talent. And, I mean, when you looked at it, Joe Burrow you know, was basically fighting for third place in that room. And was generally a lot of people thought of him as fourth. Um, and there's since we're gonna since we're gonna maneuver this timeline around a little bit, I don't mind revealing one of the stories that I'll be working on, which is imagine this this if Joe Burrow does not break his hand in August training camp of 2017. Yep, that changed the course of college football history. A broken hand when he's competing to be the backup quarterback against Dwayne Haskins. Um, I, I don't have exactly the reaction quite yet from what Joe Burrow will say when I ask him about it in New York. But humble uh, brag. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's. I've just been thinking about that a lot because a lot of people, when they write this story about Joe Burrow, there's this perception that Ohio State, you know, ran him out or you know was gung-ho about Dwayne and didn't care about Joe, which couldn't be further from the truth. They always saw the talent in this guy, and uh, Urban was not picking one over the other in 17. You know, we kept asking about who was going to be the backup. There wasn't really any uncertainty that JT Barrett was going to continue to be the starter ahead of both of those guys, and some people still get upset about that and wonder why. I mean, look at JT Barrett's track record. I don't need to defend that for him. Uh, it's ludicrous to have thought that either one of those two guys was ready to play uh, those games that they had at the start of the 17 season. Um, but but anyway, when, when Joe Burrow gets hurt in that training camp, well, Dwayne Haskins becomes the backup by default. He starts getting these reps uh, in September and, and October when Joe is not healthy enough to do it. And, and then you kind of never look back. But Ohio State still gave him a legitimate shot. I thought to win that job in the spring and it didn't happen. And it, you know, he wasn't Joe Burrow was not this uh, game changing world beating uh, sec folk hero that he is now at that point. I thought he, if, if Ohio state had picked Joe Burrow, they would have won the big 10 with him uh, in 2018, just the same way they would have with Dwayne Haskins. Do I think that last year he was good enough to throw for 50 touchdowns the way Dwayne did? Uh, probably didn't think that that was possible. And I didn't really think that either one of them were going to be Heisman finalists a year ago. So it, it's crazy how all of this works out. And you're talking about, you know, having all those, those four and five guys together over the last few years, it's been, there've been some special quarterback rooms and the difficulty with that is trying to keep them all. Cause you only, only one of them gets to play. You know, there's a couple, there's a couple stories that are going, a couple stories, a couple Twitter themes that are going around right now that I would kind of just like to clear the air with and get your thoughts on. Okay. Um, the first one is I'm getting a little frustrated with the complaining about J.K. Dobbins not being in New York. 
because do you, do you really expect three Ohio State players to be like it's if Chase Young wasn't invited or Fields wasn't invited, I I get it, but to be angry when there's two players going and you know neither of them are really have a chance of winning to let yourself get angry about J.K. Dobbins not going is is pretty frustrating. If you want to be angry and you know honestly I have got pretty heated in my arguments for this be upset that he didn't win Big Ten running back of the year because he got absolutely snubbed for that. He, He you know he's third on the list for Ohio State current Ohio state players as Heisman candidates. You don't just get to send everyone to New York. There are 130 teams in college football at this level, and they all have 85 scholarship players to have two of them is, you know, I think it's only happened five or six times. There's no, there's just no need for it to be three. I bet he finishes in the top 10 in the voting, but they're not bringing the entire top 10 there and they never do. And they never have. So, save some of the outrage. I, I think that you know, people keep saying he's not going because Ohio State split the vote. C- clearly that's not the case because Justin Fields and, and Chase Young are both uh, in New York City or went to New York City. Um, I think what hurt him is that there are still a bunch of people that believe Jonathan Taylor is better than J.K. Dobbins when there's no evidence of that whatsoever, in my mind. Um uh, you know, I know that Jonathan Taylor is a great running back and he had a good half against Ohio State on Saturday night, but Ohio State's played against him multiple times, shut him down and beat his team every single time. And J.K. Dobbins has been on an absolute tear. And when he gets to play a full game, if he, I, going in, I think he was 29 carries behind Jonathan Taylor. So that's a full game. He was one touchdown behind him and about 100 yards behind him. If, if J.K. Dobbins got to play full games, the same way I talked about fields earlier, he would have had better numbers than Taylor across the board. So I think the running people that were going to vote for one running back, that's where it was split because J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor were uh, commanding that vote. So that's a very long answer to your question about people being upset about Twitter. But I don't think that there's any reason to be concerned that mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins is not going to New York. And in fact, he's a guy that I, I ask him this all the time. You know, he he has this huge chip on his shoulder. So are you satisfied yet? Do you think people are giving you credit? And he says no. And now you know why he's not. He will care about it. I promise you. And on December 28th, he's going to probably try and prove a point with a bunch of those other star started guys on the field that he should have been there. Mm -hmm. But but it's understandable why he's not. I I think when you when you look at J.K. Dobbins and the idea, you know, that he plays more. He not only wins the the Big Ten running back of the year, he's he's probably up for the Heisman as well, just like other Ohio State players. I can't help but think it's similar to my situation at Ohio State when my sophomore year I scored six points in the last <laughs> minute of a game and my points per 40 minutes was at like 72 or something like that. Yeah. So if so if I would have played full games, I would have scored 70 <laughs> points a game and I would have won the Naismith Player of the Year. It's a, so It's a perfect comparison. Yeah, you, I mean, did not, you didn't get the opportunities – and that made it hard for the awards voters. Yeah, so it's not it's it's not always the awards voters' fault. That's all I'm saying. Cut them some slack. <laughs> the the second thing that's been bothering me, and then we want your official playoff prediction. But the second thing that's been bothering me is that 
Joe Burrow was like the 500th best pl- people under the impression that Joe Burrow is the five millionth ranked player in the country and that yeah. everyone said this kid stinks and that Ohio State didn't take a chance on him and they missed their chance. Like you talked about that story you're writing about the hand, but Burrow had yeah. 20 offers, okay? It's not that crazy that a kid develops when he gets to a program like Ohio State. I think people are overdoing the – disrespect that Joe Burrow got. You know, he wanted to go to Nebraska, and they didn't have any interest in him <laughs> despite offering him. Yeah, Scott which, Frost was like, yeah, you know, who's who, who would he take the place of here? We got some great guys. Right. <laughs> which which I All understand right, if, you're, right, if your dream school isn't offering you, it may make you a little angrier. But if you have 20 offers, you're highly, you're highly recruited. You're the 24th best quarterback in the country. I just don't th- – I think people are overdoing – the lack of respect that Joe Burrow's gotten in his career when, like you said, if he doesn't hurt that hand, he's starting last year and potentially having the same season he had this year last year. Well, yeah, and and along those lines, you have these, you know, national writers parachute again to Athens and, you know, painting this like he's completely off the radar, the small town in Ohio, and no one had ever heard of him, and it's the legacy of Joe Burrow, like, it's the the exploits. There's so many stories from Ohio State media members that have covered Joe Burrow dating back to high school, or know his dad who from coaching uh, in the coaching profession with the Bobcats there in Athens. I mean, he is a very very famous Ohio quarterback. Yeah. People talk people talk about the, the performance. You know, his senior. Um, championship game or whatever it was he's throwing for like six 600 yards and seven touchdowns in this crazy shootout people have been talking about him in ohio for years and knew the potential he had uh, and then he spent three years on the roster right. there's this other there's this <laughs> other part of it too that's like uh you know i saw this with lsu people uh because the mentions just flood whenever you you talk about him in his ohio state career it's like oh remember that uh, you know lsu can't uh, recruit quarterbacks. I'm like, well, you didn't recruit Joe Burrow, and he developed at Ohio State <laughs> for three years. Like, he wasn't even fully formed in that first year with the, with the Tigers. He needed a new, you know, passing game coordinator. The Broyles Award winner comes in and, and suddenly unlocks all this potential for him. And I mean, it's that stuff's not new to anyone. Everybody has seen uh, that Joe Burrow could have done this stuff for Ohio State and I said that he would have won the Big Ten last year I think if he'd been part of that team and surrounded by all that talent um, it, I, I, you're right I mean it's it's infuriating to hear some of this stuff like like he just showed up and LSU found this country boy on the side of the road <laughs> you know he was only throwing rocks into through tires and they put a football in his head and, and said try this son. <laughs> That's just not the origin story. That's reality, and it's infuriating to hear it. Right. If you look on, if you look on Twitter right now, Joe Burrow was sleeping in the streets, and someone saw him throw <laughs> a football over a freeway, and and J.K. Dobbins is the most disrespected player in college football history. And not only should he win the Heisman this year, but he should make the NFL Hall of Fame after this season because of what what he would have done in the fourth quarter against uh, Michigan State. (laughs) I mean, how many 
How many bad players does Ohio State sign at any position, let alone quarterback? Right. I mean, give me a give me a break. You know, Joey's talking about that quarterback room in sixteen and and uh, and twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen and all those guys that were in it. Like, show me show me the uh, two star gym that Ohio State unearthed. They don't look for quarterbacks, uh, as you said, on the side of the road throwing footballs over the freeway. They they recruit the best players in the country. That's what Joe Burrow was. That's mm-hmm. just a fact. I don't. I don't know any other way to say it. My uh, my favorite thing is when my mom loves to mention that Joe Burrow is an Ohio State. Um, guy. like we root, she always goes like, you know, we root for Joe Burrow because you know he was yada yada yada. He's, he's an Ohio person, and people will be like, well, why didn't you guys recruit him? And and, <laughs> and then my mom loves going, well, uh, he was actually a Buckeye for three years, and no one knows that. So well, it is. Remember insane. when Colin? Yeah, remember when Colin Cowherd early in the year asked Urban Meyer on his show, why didn't like, you recruit? Yeah. Joe yeah, why Burrow? Didn't you re- do you do you know Joe Burrow? Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, very well. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's so funny. right. We're talking about these idiots on Twitter, and then Colin Coward is is the is doing the same thing. Like it's just yeah. it's it's just it's I you know I joke about or it's actually ironic because I texted my friend earlier and I said you know bet on Maryland tonight. Lamar Peters isn't as good as he's been, and I meant Lamar Stevens, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Peters is a guy from Mississippi State from like two years ago. You know, it's just like you can't get mad. Like I'm doing right now, I'm getting mad at these other two people, but then I'm turning around and doing the same thing. You know, so I'm giving Colin Coward a, a little bit of a break because that's not even the same. That's I'm giving Colin job. Coward a little bit of a break though. Oh, it's my that's job. Just, this is our job, you're Joey. Going, <laughs> you're just going soft because now you're you're in running your own podcasts <laughs> and part of part of the media establishment and you what you're trying to look out for all the other buddies if you, if you make a mistake like asking urban meyer if he knows joe burrow you need to be you need to pay the price for that yeah one. oh my god agreed, it's agreed. Like asking okay Dan fine, Dockage if he thinks he should pay players <laughs> yeah joey joey had a little hiccup with with Dan that was, Dockage that was we my welcome to, to the media moment yeah. when uh <laughs> when i misquoted uh Dan Dockage was something which me and obviously me and Dockage are are close but it was so I was I knew he was gonna berate me at some point in the interview I just didn't think it would be that early and it was uh it was pretty funny but I was just I was just glad that you guys had some you know this isn't just gonna be some feel-good podcast we got some controversy coming right out of the gate exactly lane on Letterman Row exactly all right man this has been awesome before we let you go who wins the playoff games who's winning the national championship what's the score LSU is going to beat Oklahoma, I think, somewhere 49-34. I do think it's going to be crazy. They're going to score, just not uh, – I think Oklahoma can put up points against LSU, just not – they will not be able to get enough stops. I don't know – I guess I'll just use the, the uh, suggested score of 38-34 in the desert. I haven't decided exactly what way I'm going to go. I, I, I do believe that Ohio State is going to win that game, and, and I think – New Orleans is going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, this LSU thinks they're going to have the dominant home field advantage inside the dome, and uh, you know they they probably will. But if there's anyone that can go toe to toe with them, buying tickets and traveling down there, uh, you guys are no well aware what fan base can do that outside the stadium. It's going to be. 80 90 percent lsu fans in purple and gold but inside i think that ohio state can neutralize that just a little bit for a title game and if they're going for that one and they've beaten clemson 
this is this would be the crazy storyline for that game. Obviously, you have Joe Burrow and that the chance to face him and and all the stuff that we've already talked about with his career. But if Ohio State finishes the year beating three straight top thirteen teams to close out Big Ten play, top ten Penn State on the road in the rivalry rematch against Wisconsin, then beat the defending national champions and number three unbeaten Clemson in that 28 game winning streak, and then beat the Heisman winner in New Orleans uh, with a partisan crowd and everything else going on. There is a case here that Ohio State could be the greatest college football team of all time. Those are the stakes for them. Going for national title, of course, but that resume might be one that you look at and say that stacks up better than anything any team has ever done. What uh, an ending! And that's, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been saying this all year that you know, fourteen run was special. Fifteen team was the most talented that I'd ever covered. This team has the same special vibe as fourteen, and I think that there's going to be more draft picks. There might not be the same number of top first round picks, although it's going to be close. Uh, this Ohio State team, I've never seen anything like it. Urban Meyer handed off a juggernaut. Ryan Day knows and has has known exactly what to do with it. I think if they get past Clemson, LSU's defense will be no problem for Ryan Day, and they'll they will. Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards the Buckeyes, proving that they should have been number one, and that they'll get these two wins, and then we'll have, we're trying to figure out exactly where uh, uh, how much money it's going to keep Ryan Day to keep him in Columbus forever. Mm-hmm. All right, next time we'll talk about uh, my theory that Urban. Should go to the Redskins after they draft Chase Young. But that's opening up a whole new can of worms. (laughs) Next next time. All right. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Appreciate what you guys are doing for us. Of course. Thank you. See ya. All right. What an incredible interview with Austin Ward. And now we move on to an interview with Andrew Dockich, who is worse on offense than I am. All right. Welcoming back onto the Drive the Lane podcast. Andrew Dockage. Notice how he didn't say a very special guest. Very special guest. A very special (laughs) guest. (laughs) Dockage, the Bucks are hot. Your suit game is hot. What's working with this team right now? Man, a little bit of everything. I just, I've never, I think I've told Joey this before. I've never seen a more connected team in my 20 years of college basketball. (laughs) Um, It it starts off with CJ Walker and Caleb Weston. I mean, they just have. The entire team, and you know, DJ Carton's following suit, EJ Liddell's following suit. It's just everyone's connected, and everyone is just trusting and showing um, an incredible work ethic on a daily basis. You know, we don't play until uh, Sunday, and you know, everyone like as as a player, you want to play those games, but you know, there's some time off, but they're still hungry each and every day with Quadrian Banks in the weight room and you know, Coach Holman on the court. So it, it's a pleasing thing. Uh, to be around and I'm excited to keep going with this team because it's been fun so far Doc one thing that we've kind of talked about obviously not on the air is how fast the Holman era has gotten off to the the fast start that it's gotten off to basically yeah basically whether it was us um, you know my junior year your your eighth year of college um, being ranked (laughs) as high as eighth in the country now the team is up to number three and rising most likely did you I know I didn't really see it did you see this insane rise of Ohio State basketball so quickly? No, no, I didn't. I didn't see it my first year to get to eight. Obviously, I mean, we st- we struggled in the beginning. I think we were like four and three, and we lost to 
you know, so, I mean, we lost to a Clemson team that eventually ended up being pretty good. But, no, I didn't see this um, rise two years ago for sure. I mean, I, it just speaks, you know, to our coaches, to, you know, the players buying in, to Q, to everyone just, you know, everyone just having a little chunk of this pie. It's been it's been pleasing to see. And, you know, now I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Like the guys we have, it's just they, they trust Coach Holman so much. Um, they have so much the utmost respect for him. Obviously, they get better because they play for him. But you know, some 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 players play for for other reasons. These guys play for Ohio State and they play the right way. And they're you know, and the scores are speaking for themselves. Considering we're nine games into this, so so we're recording this, and Louisville literally lost like ten minutes ago as the number one team in the country. <laughs> you want to uh, you want to make the first case for Ohio State to be the number one team in in all the land? <laughs> Nah, no, nah, you don't win championships in December. <laughs> oh, jeez, Coach Doc, here he is. Hey, Welcome to the show. You don't win championships in December. Come on, we know that. You're right. Like, this doesn't mean anything. So, you know, if, if we keep doing what we're doing on a daily <laughs> basis, you know, taking care of our body. <laughs> I'm going to give you the political answer because that's. Oh, welcome to the show, a very special guest, Coach Andrew Dockage. I've got my, I've got our, we've got our first fraud alert of the season in Big Ten basketball. <laughs> Who's that? Maryland is a Who's fraud. That? Maryland is a straight up yeah, Maryland fraud just lost the Penn State team. Also. They are committing fraud. <laughs> I don't know about Again, that. I'm not going to say. I mean, we play College Park here early <laughs> in January, so I'm not going to say anything until we play them. But they're uber talented, man. I, I mean, you know, Joey, yeah. Penn State is going to be good this year. Of course. Like, Lamar Stevens is a baller. Like, Watkins, you know, he has his issues. But, like, the guy <laughs> has, like, 15 points and four blocks today. I mean, he's a really good player. I mean, they got some guys, and they're always tough. And they bring this great mindset to every game. So, I'm not surprised that Penn State beat them whatsoever. Yeah, to the a tough game for Maryland. To the casual basketball fan, they just see Ohio State. They just see the score and us winning by 100 or whatever against Penn State at home. First of all, we've had our fair sh- fair share of struggles to beat Penn State, so that was fun to see. Sure. But also, their best player and one of the best players in the conference, a top at least five, if not like top three guy in the conference, fouled out with 12 minutes left. I mean, like, they had right. no... They Only had down no, 10. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They had no way they were going to be in that game. So it's not fair to even... I mean, yeah, it counts as a win, but... to. It, Penn State can't be judged on that one game. I mean, and Maryland. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Maryland's not a sure. fraud. So I'm, fr- I'm, yeah. I'm putting my fraud stamp right. on them because of this <laughs> loss and because of the lucky win against Illinois. It wasn't a lucky win. If, Illinois. If Ohio sticks. State, if Ohio State goes but in, Illinois is good. Illinois is good. This they are year. good. I, I know you two, you know, Chicago boys. The Illinois is good this year. They're going to be a tough, tough. No, the Big Ten is the Big Ten is sure. deep, and I know you're going to give. I know you can't give real deal answers, and I and I get that. I just think that um, Mar- if you look at Maryland versus Illinois, Maryland yeah. has in the past couple of years like they've been good, they've never been outstanding, but they've always found a way to win those games against the bad teams, the average teams, and sometimes even the really good teams. They always seem to find a way to win. Whereas like Illinois always finds a way to lose. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what, like no, when have, we played in the sure. UC, and I played in the game, and we still won. Like first half. You know what I mean? Like the, just games like that mm-hmm. where they shouldn't, like they probably shouldn't win, but they're winning the entire game. It's just, it's yeah, just weird. I, I do think, yeah. Last year, I, I think you can put an asterisk next to it just because you know you had young players. You had Io and um, Georgie as freshmen, and Georgie wasn't Georgie until the second time we played him. Georgie's right? so Remember good. Georgie, you know? Oh, he's so yeah. good. 
and they have that uh, Cockburn freshman. Like they have, whoa, whoa, they have whoa. pieces. I, Co- Coburn. Yeah, we call him the. Uh, Coburn. I'm sorry. We I call him the. We call him the big STD. We call him the walking the walking STD. The walking STD. <laughs> That's just, you know, okay. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but I think they're going to be good this year. I think, you know, we've been saying this for years. and everyone, like, That's what I'm saying, from, Doc. From, you from say it every year. Bottom, yeah, it's every year. It's every year. And, uh, you know, I think this is another year. 20 games is, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. You know, and we had that January stretch where we lost five in a row. And Coach oh. Holman – you know, it reminds him of this kind of stuff. Like, hey, listen, this can go south real quick. I mean, Joey, think about us playing Michigan State last year. We're top I, – I think we were 16 or 14th, one or the other, go playing Michigan State at home that first game after – but – Winning at seven at halftime. Yep, and then we, yeah, and then we yeah, lost exactly. five in a row. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, this can go south, and that's what, you know, I keep saying, like, and Coach Holman keeps alluding to it, like, you know, it's great that we're top – five in the country right now and could possibly be number one by next week but <laughs> you know it does not matter unless you you go for it in in conference play in the months of january and february so saying the tradition of saying that illinois is going to figure it out and get it together this year is getting dangerously similar to predicting michigan to win the big 10 in football every year you know it's going to keep happening <laughs> every year and guess what it's not going to happen every I year. don't know about that. That's not fair. I, I don't know about that with Illinois. Yeah, that's because Illinois. I mean, I was just going to say that Illinois is, and you're going to agree with me, Doc. We, we're we not talking about Illinois being a contender to win the Big Ten just to just to make the tournament, you know? Yeah. Right? Yes. So, yes. Yes. I don't know. if the, I see what you're saying, just things that we say are going to happen that haven't happened yet. They're, they, yeah. That, yeah. But Fair. but Michigan it's been like nine years and yeah. and Illinois it's been one and a half so but I will get I, if I, I've been saying the Michigan thing for a while <laughs> I'm not lie. if Maryland <laughs> I'm gonna mix it up with a couple teams if Maryland wins the Big Ten because I'm stamping them as frauds if Maryland wins okay. the Big Ten I'll get a Kofi Cockburn tattoo on my shoulder okay. <laughs> okay. All right, this is going off the rails very quick. All right, Doc, walk me through yeah. what a typical practice right now for Ohio State looks like. Let's say it's a two-day prep. Like most, if, for those who don't know, the schedule, the way the college basketball schedule works out is usually you'll play a game on Tuesday. Then you, um, maybe if you're lucky, you have an off day, but then you have two days of prep before your next game, which would be, in that case, on a Friday. Um, right. What, what does that look like? Because in the past – um, Holtman has, it's, you know, the teams haven't been nearly as good and there needs to be maybe more work, um, individually and stuff like that. But obviously they're clicking on all cylinders. Has, have you, has you, have you seen a difference in the, in the past two years with the preparation this year with this team? No, not at all. If anything, I think we're even more prepared. I, I would almost say like we're over-prepared in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's credit to our players. I'm telling you that I always say this about Caleb West. I'll get back to you, but I want to go off of Caleb West and take oh, please. Like, we're up, we're up thirty against Stetson. Was that the game you were at? Or no? Um, no, but we we're Stetson Sorry. podcast. We poor Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're up like thirty against Stetson in the second half, and Caleb's sitting on the bench next to me, and he's screaming out Stetson's plays with like two minutes left to for Alonzo Gaffney to get through a screen or switch a ball screen or something like that. Like that's the kind of kid we have. That's the kind of character we have on our on our on our team. 
in terms of like they call out other plays. We're up thirty. Like, why don't you chill and relax and <laughs> joke around with your teammate? You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Like that, that stuff. Like the just taking that. I think he's ta- he's just a one eighty man. With in terms of his preparation, obviously his body, but just his overall leadership ability and just being locked in to every team, no matter if you're playing Stetson or Villanova or whoever. Um, and it, you know, it's a credit to the coaching staff. Coach Terry Johnson does an unbelievable job getting us prepared. And, you know, you were obviously on the scout team. He run 10 to 12 plays against the top eight players. So, you know, they prepare. And if, if you got, let's say, he hits a three from a pin down. Who was on the scout team last year that you get a pin down from? Jadon Ledee. <laughs> uh, you know, we go over that. We walk through it so it doesn't happen in an actual game. Um, it, it, that's, just, it, that's just always how they – you know, prepared each and every game. And uh, it's a credit to Coach Terry Johnson, Coach Peden, obviously, on the offense, Jake with personnel, and obviously Holtman just managing the entire thing. So nothing has changed, to answer your question. We still do the three energy. We still do Jared's closeouts, halo passing. Like, nothing has changed whatsoever. It's just the character, the leadership of our team um, on a daily basis. We have everyday guys. I, uh, like they're always not, not trying to clock out. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, I noticed that when you were mentioning all the coaches just now, you skipped out on Nettie. Is there something Nettie's not doing right now? No, that... I, I, Nettie, Nettie's one of the hardest working guys. I <laughs> just got hit. No, I, he <laughs> does both ends of the ball, both offense and defense, and he is an indispensable piece to our coaching staff for sure. He does an incredible job uh, helping prepare late-game situations with Coach Holdman and obviously having a say on the offense and defensive side with Terry um, and Peta, for sure. Shout, shout he, out to Nettie. I should not... Don't, yes, don't yes. you dare forget Nettie. No, no, I should shout out Kyle. I mean, Kyle Davis does clips up uh, <laughs> the video for personnel, and Robbie obviously is the Mr. Do-It-All, Mr. Versatile, clips up things for Coach Holman and other guys. So, and? Uh, everyone and? Is, uh, I just I fall in there. No, and? They're not you. Uh, Quadrian Banks. Well, you already talked about him. Uh, I talked about Coach Holtman. Dude, Debbie. Well, Debbie's oh, Debbie's Eagle. good. Well, yeah, a-, a Eagle, Eagle, <laughs> Eagle, and TD. TD, yeah. <laughs> and T Hicks. Yeah. And our and our manager. Okay, Debbie. all right, yeah. <laughs> That's you need. You need a manager on this podcast. I trust me. We will. We will. That's okay. Dockets, what do you do in practice? <laughs> Uh, I usually just talk to the guys on the sideline. So during NCAA rulings, I'm not even allowed to touch a basketball, like physically touch a basketball while practice is going on. So it's either uh, giant down stats or kind of just, you know, observing more than anything. There's not much I can do, um, which is, I mean, we already have so many managers and so many coaches. I just try to observe, um, learn, and, you know, wherever I can say my piece, I will. But I'm not doing a whole lot of coaching or playing or teaching. That's for sure. How's, uh, how's your knee feeling? Uh, it's better. I'm actually down eight pounds, believe it or not. Whoa. And, uh, breaking news. Andrew Dockage is not eating bread, (laughs) right? No no carbs, no carbs, no No carbs. carbs. Uh, I I think you already know this, Joey. Like I, I, Q deserves a lot of credit with our team. Like the way he prepares every single day, you know, he's so thorough in what he does for every single player. It doesn't matter if you're starting or you're the 15th man on the roster. 
it, it does not matter. He's the same guy every single day and helps out with even me. Even yeah, me, I was going to say, even some, you. Even, I'm just some slap that is just trying to stay somewhat healthy and somewhat in shape. He, he has a plan for me, too, so I'm very grateful for him. Uh, so, you know, when this when this comes out, it'll be about a week and a half past it actually okay. happening. But And you're never supposed to hold on to a win or one game for too long. But I want to get your thoughts on UNC and the atmosphere and what what that game was like from your perspective. Yeah, it was really cool. It was my first time uh, in the Dean Dome for a game. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, Cole Anthony, top five draft pick probably this upcoming, this upcoming year. Um, it, it, sea of blue. I think that's, that's such a beautiful color. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Blue. Such it a good color. Joe, you were there. It was unbelievable. Um, what was crazy is like, we never, we, we weathered every storm. Like every time they made somewhat of a comeback, like it was on. And then obviously the second half, we just kind of took over, but, uh, it, it was really cool. I mean, Roy Williams, I mean, Roy Williams court is right there. I didn't know they did that back like a year ago, I believe. Um, it, it was an r- unbelievable atmosphere for sure, but we kind of we quieted them for probably 30 to 35 minutes of the entire game, which was really cool. But, you know, as a fan of basketball, you kind of want to see that place get rocking a little bit. But as a coach, <laughs> you just want to silent that crowd as much as possible for sure. Doc, I know you listened to uh, our interview with Coach Holden. We talked about who was a better offensive player, you or me. I want I want your oh, input on a different question, different way to phrase the same question. Who would have helped North Carolina more in that game, me or you? Uh, you would have. For okay, sure. thank I you. I'll give you that. I will give you that. Yeah. I don't want to give you that, but I will, since this is your show, I will be nice. Oh, you would have helped. No, because North Carolina – North Carolina has no shot what, making. What? It's unbelievable, right? I mean, if we're going to look no. at a different team, I know you can't be critical, super critical of them, but in that game, they just didn't, they didn't shoot. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah, that, we were making that, shots. That, that they could weren't. Be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. That we, could be a ch- uh, truth. That could be a challenge for them. Yeah. Um, for the entire year, I hope they get a ro- rolling so it helps yeah. our uh, RPI <laughs> or what's what is it now? Net. Net. You know who – pop net, quiz. Pop, pop quiz for Zolden, Dockich. You can't answer. Who is okay. the first ever number one team in the net rankings? Ohio State. Yeah. That was so funny. Good. Gosh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. Wait, was that – that was, was that in January or yeah. February? Yeah, it was like January of um, – no, 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 no. It was, it was, it was my December. senior year. Comes and it was right weeks. after – yeah, it was right after – we were um, – we were like eight and one or nine and one when it came out, and our only loss was Syracuse, and we had beaten Creighton and Cincinnati on the road. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. the, oh shoot! The net uh, rig. I forgot about that. Now we guys. use that. Yeah, them and Ken Palm for sure. God, how great is that? We're number one in Ken Palm right now. We we definitely take the screenshot of that because that's something our coaches use on a daily basis, and to see your team overall number one is. Pretty incredible. Yeah, I remember. Sure. I remember Holtman saying, "My senior year in a in a well, in a meeting when things were kind of going south, he was like, look, if we want to make the NCAA tournament, we have to be a top twenty team in Kempom for defense and offense, not like in the rankings. Yeah, but like we have to. And and I think we actually ended up doing that somehow. We probably didn't get an offense, but like the uh, the, the Kempom rankings last year? matter. Yeah, last year we were so bad on offense. Uh yeah, it was, it was no, not offense. Barely defense, I believe. I can't tell you, but 
Your junior year, we were top 20 in both. Right, and that's for those of you who are looking at um, NCAA tournament teams and looking at your bracket early, the teams that are in the top 20 in both are – doesn't matter rank, beyond ranking wise. Those are the teams that, yeah, yeah. that uh, that are going to get in and they're going to do well. So, but mm-hmm. but yeah, we we don't care about that. It's uh, you know, it's December, as you said, Coach Dockich. Um, we we, we don't we <laughs> don't win December. championships in December. Speaking I, I of, you go, you go, Doc. No, you hang up. First. No, it, I, it's just a redundant thing. I I hope we're still <laughs> we can have this conversation late January, late February, and even late March. Same yeah, we'll just have you March, on so. in the middle of January, then the middle of February, then the middle of March. We'll have so. you on uh, <laughs> semi semi annually twice or no, am no, I the five monthly? Am I the first uh, reoccurring guest? Yeah, congratulations. We're sending you a shirt. Nope, actually. nope. Who called Brunson yeah. that one? Oh, time. we did call Jalen one time. Oh shoot. Sorry. Wait, you called him one time? Like, did you record and yes. put it out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. He has been on two episodes. He's been on two episodes, but he wasn't a guest on one of them. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. That dude was native player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't argue with that. <laughs> Bad Fortnite player. Dockage, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the team going to do for the playoff game? Uh, we actually traveled to Cleveland that night. We play West Virginia on the 29th, so I believe we'll probably watch it. Oh, jeez, that means we're gonna lose. Yeah, because what? Um, same thing Why? happened to me last time we were in the college football playoff. Um, you were we, a sophomore. We were, I was a sophomore. We were traveling to Illinois. We played Clemson. We sat in the hotel and watched the game together, and then they lost, and then we lost to Illinois. Just so you know. Well, that's Illinois for you. <laughs> it all comes back to Illinois. It was that was with Illinois when Tracy Abrams was in his like ninth year, like you, like that. That was when yeah, Tracy. I Abrams think he started. actually got a legitimate six years. Yeah, I think he did. He did. Didn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Tracy Williams, the black version of Andrew Dockage. Yeah, he's a little better, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Dockage, any any stories within the within the program that you can leak to us? Any news? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, oh, I wait. Do you want uh, – how about this, Doc? you want to thank me for being the host for all the kids that are on the team, underclassmen right now, literally all of them? Do you want to thank me for being the host because you're you going to be the number one deserve, team in the country? You definitely do deserve a shout-out. I do remember – I do recall you having DJ Carton over at your place playing video games and giving him a, a 20 to 30-minute spiel on why he should come to Ohio State. I don't think any other team – I think it was between us, Michigan, Indiana. I don't think any other player on either one of those teams was doing that. So I, I, I will definitely give you credit for DJ Carton. Um, hey, thanks. That's the one I know for sure of. I don't know about EJ Liddell. Were you his host then? I was. He Were you te- really? Yeah, I actually have a message from him still that says, best visit ever. <laughs> Something to hang my head on. You, you definitely <laughs> do deserve some praise for that because you were unbelievable at both <laughs> – both my tenures at Michigan and Ohio State, I, I, I do, I genuinely do mean this. You were the best to, to come by with that stuff. Oh, you were unbelievable. Oh, so I think, I think what uh, we can safely say is that the success of Ohio State this season can be attributed to Joey Lane, even though he's no longer on the team. Because yeah, let's not go that far. Summer's going to come around, and, or winter's going to come around and ask what you did in the summer, and in this case. The season's going to come around and say who recruited you and yeah, were you right, exactly. with I just, Doc, all I want to know is yes or no, can I be on your float when we win the national championship? 
you're in. All right, cool. You're in. Okay, will you, hold on. Will you have a cigar? I don't know. Like, will you pop yeah, champagne? Will I mean, you do it all? Okay. shit. That doesn't matter right. for me. <laughs> well, you're part of it. Yeah. The no, real question I'm is in. if, if – if, no, I'm not going to get into it. I, I got to. I, You're right. Put your coach's hat back dude, on. Dude, co- uh, Coach Dockage, it's I, December. Yeah, well, you don't dude, win championships we don't want, in December. We that should was not be talking about. Failed. Yeah. <laughs> Holtman's, we it can cut that out or Holtman's right. going to fire you. Please cut that out. Just, <laughs> yes, just disregard anything I was about to say or what you guys were thinking I was going to say. We're definitely going to cut what, it out and not use it as a promo for. What? The real question is when are you guys coming back? I will be Great back Columbus. end of January for the captain's dinner. Remember, I was I was a captain. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, I'll be and back I'll be back that. then too because I'm the <laughs> captain of this podcast. Oh, should, I, Doc, should I bring him as my plus one for the captain's dinner? <laughs> oh you my god, that would be fun. You def- that'd be amazing. I mean, your mom's definitely gonna want to go. I know, I know, but Hannah will be in school, so I'll probably take Hannah. But uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so we'll, see. well, maybe I'll come and hang with my family. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know any captains Wait, that don't have someone to bring? Um, uh, don't I think don't so. Know, Maybe Greg so Oden will bring me. <laughs> Greg Oden wasn't a captain. No. Greg Oden wasn't a captain. I told we told Oden that if his wife can't go to the ESPYS, I'm I'm available. <laughs> and what was his response to that? No. He said, uh, <laughs> "Okay, next topic." <laughs> All right, Doc. Before we let you go, do you All have right. any questions for us? Before we get completely off the rocker. Uh, I, I don't. Should I? No. No, you shouldn't. That's fine. It's just like in a job interview when they say, all right, do you have any questions? And, and you... No, but I am impressed. I told you this off, off the air that you guys are rolling, man. It's really cool to hear the insights of, obviously, Thad, Coach Holtman, um, Jalen, Coach, you know, who am I missing? No more coaches. Gio, no co- Titus. Gio, Holtman. Thad, Jalen, all those guys. I, I know I repeated it, but it, it's really cool to see you guys. It seems like you guys have a lot of fun and having more success. I haven't heard more advertisements from you guys, so uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Thanks for, for coming sure. on. Keep Thanks. your schedule open the next couple weeks. Yeah, and we'll uh, and see, keep your couch open too for when we come back to Columbus for the captain's weekend. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right, we'll. Well, t- you better come, man. Oh, well, well, I can just come and hang out yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah, though Doc will be at the dinner, well, Doc, can I we sit at the ta- can we sit at the table to together, Doc? Can we be can we sit at the same table? Yes, we well yes we can. Let's but go. you might have to sit at another captain. I wasn't a captain though, Smoke. Maybe all no. the captains sit together. No, you know no, how it they works. They, you they know spread how it works. out. Yeah, they spread out. Doc, it's, do you get a yeah, plus one? Uh, I don't think so. Well, if you do, <laughs> we hey Zolan, Zolan, listen, we can sneak you in, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not high tight security. Like there is plenty of food. And there are plenty of seats left over. You can have a seat at the table. All right, I'm. We are definitely recording that <laughs> and saving that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk up to security, and they're gonna be like, "Do you have a ticket or do you have a pass?" There's no security. And I'm gonna there play. No security. All right, I'm coming. <laughs> I'll be there. End you're of January. Right. All right, Doc. We love you're you. Right. Whatever you're doing love to you make the to make the team do so well, keep doing it. Okay. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. All right, buddy. All right, go Bucks. We hope you enjoyed those interviews, and the whole episode will have much more for you on the playoff coming up next week. We'll have more on Ohio State basketball coming up next week. As always, we'll have some exciting guests. Holiday gifts go to High Street Tees. 
All three of our fantasy football teams are in, made it are the next still in the playoffs. playoffs. Highstreettees.com <laughs> slash DTL, promo code DTL15. Watch all the Buckeye games at threes above high. And if you're driving, make sure to buckle up and drive the lane. Joey, any last words? Or not last words, no. final thoughts? Um, it is such a great time to be a Buckeye. That's uh, my last thoughts. We're also, we're going to give you a live reaction of, oh, never mind, they called the timeout. I was going to give you a live reaction of Butler versus Baylor, um, but there's eight seconds left and they call timeout. Um, <laughs> it's a great, it is always a great day to be a Buckeye, but right now, soak it all in because between wrestling, um, women's basketball, because they just beat the number two team, obviously men's basketball, obviously men's football, even hockey, men's hockey, even women's hockey. Women's hockey. Um, it's a great time to be a Buckeye, so soak it all in. Go Bucks. Buckle up. Drive the Drive land. The land.